Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number nine. Mind Racing 101. Why can't I turn off my mind? I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. Have you ever wished you could just turn off your mind? If the constant chatter between the ears is keeping you up at night, stay tuned, because this episode is just for you. Today, I'll be discussing the problem of the racing mind. What is it? Where does it come from? What does it mean? And what you can do about it? Mind racing, simply put, is the experience of stream of consciousness where one idea flows directly into the next, and into the next, and into the next, and so on, all seemingly on their own, without much, if any, conscious input. The mind has a mind of its own. This wandering can be wondering, it can be worrying, it can be exploring, considering possibilities, ruminating, planning, or maybe just jumping from one thought to the next with only the thinnest of bridges connecting in between. It's getting lost in your thoughts or daydreaming. But mind racing, specifically, may refer more to the experience of getting trapped by your thoughts, being dragged around by these leading thoughts without the mental space in between, without clarity, without context, and especially without the sense of control of the direction or activity level of said thoughts. How can this happen? Simply put, because this is how we're made. It's how the mind of Homo sapiens is put together to operate. No one has intentionally set off on some quest to lose control of their minds whenever it's quiet. You're not trying to suffer in this way. Broadly speaking, the human mind was not designed to function optimally in 21st century life. It's not been exquisitely engineered to be the most effective servant to your well-being and ability to thrive. Truthfully, it's not designed at all, but haphazardly jumbled together. Bit by bit, gene by gene, protein by protein, neuron by neuron, because by accident of evolution, some combinations of creatures proved more adept at procreating than others. Which doesn't mean at all that every piece or every individual component or feature of that animal contributes to the genetic success. Many are just along for the ride. And when the ultimate game of the selfish gene's life is to make more copies of itself, Sometimes your sense of happiness, life satisfaction, or general well-being serve to meet that goal, but often they are irrelevant to genetic success. 
And these minds shaped, molded, tweaked, adjusted, passed down, evolved in an environment hundreds or thousands to millions of years ago, that was a much different space to genetically succeed or fail in than where we find ourselves today. So features of a system that proved worthy enough way back then may prove to function more like bugs of the human mind system in the 21st century. For instance, self-protection remains a prime directive for most life forms, which requires a danger detection system. You have to be aware at some level of a threat to escape or avoid it. Missing a real threat can lead to significant harm or early demise and a lost opportunity to pass down genes. Therefore, there's a survival benefit to an extent for an overactive threat detector system compared to an underactive one. This is known as a type 2 error, a false positive. You're more likely to survive if you think that the rustling in the bushes is something that could kill you, even if it's just a little bunny rabbit. A type 1 error is a false negative, assuming that that rustling in the bushes is just a bunny rabbit when it's actually a predator that's about to kill you. Of those mind models, one is more likely to reproduce successfully, and the other is more likely to not. But this negativity bias remains with us today. We have the wetware better suited to survive in a long-gone era, and not necessarily to thrive, be happy, or be without mind racing. From hundreds of thousands to millions of years ago, we've plucked it right into the 21st century skulls, whose environments, day-to-day activities, wonders, and threats, far different than before. But here we find ourselves with this ancient brain, made for survival long ago to reproduce more of our ancestors, and now we're stuck with all of its quirks, like mind racing. Your brain is good at thinking. Your brain is searching for threats, and when found, it addresses them the only way it knows how, by thinking. Threats are not just things that go bump in the night, but also pandemics, economic collapse or instability, social comparison, social isolation, physical illness, finances, well-being of your child and family, a dissatisfying job or a nagging boss or coworker, unemployment, a difficult choice, the dwindling balance of your bank account, the faithfulness of your partner, threats to your sense of self or a crisis of meaning. And so the brain gets to the work of thinking. It stews. It broods. It hashes and rehashes. The brain calculates. It problem solves and then finds new problems. It obsesses. The brain thinks. And when a problem cannot be solved by thinking, the brain shifts to worrying instead. This leads to think less, worry more protocol. The more the worry and all its associated distortions of reality, the more it leads to worse quality thinking. What if? What if? What if? And then the brain starts attacking itself for not getting the right answer. Mind racing is not a race that can be won. It may cause us to lose sight of the full breadth of reality, lose the opportunity to feel awe, to see glory, to be amazed by the miracle of existing in this fantastic universe, the sheer magnitude of what it means being alive. Instead, your brain locks in on the past ruminates, plays a sequence over and over in your head. Why did I say that? How come she didn't react differently? What if he had done what I asked him to do instead? This past focus is kind of like that episode of Seinfeld where 
poor George Costanza is on the wrong side of a little zinger by one of his co-workers that everybody found so hilarious. He spends the next several days seething with jealousy and bitterness, obsessing about the comeback he should have given, thinking over and over and over again and obsessing, and finally comes back to work having spent hours of his life he'll never get back, to come to work and ask for that setup to be artificially extracted once again, only to respond with that infamous, well, the jerk store called and they're all out of you, which no one found amusing and frankly looked rot with pity for poor George and all of his wasted effort. Or rather than a past focus, the brain locks in on the future. Pop quiz. How many what-ifs can you generate in the next 30 seconds? I bet you'll be surprised. No one knows the future. We can guess. We can plan. But it is the reality of being unable to know that drives us crazy playing out as many scenarios as our anxious imagination can muster. It's one thing to be prepared, and it's quite disturbing to lose sight of preparedness for the sake of inviting every what-if disaster to have a seat at your mind's dinner table. So what does it mean to have mind racing? It means you're human. But mind racing is more likely to occur in the context of hyper-arousal or being overstimulated. This can be caused by external stimuli like too much caffeine or other stimulants, or it can be caused by internal stimuli like physiological arousal. This can frequently be caused by hyperarousal conditions like anxiety or sleep apnea, ADHD, and insomnia itself, or medical conditions like an overactive thyroid gland. So you might be asking, yeah, but why do I have mind racing? And the short answer is, your mind excels at learning. Whatever has been rehearsed previously comes next time that much more easily. Your mind races because it has practiced. It's become very good at mind racing. We need to take a quick sidebar and discuss neuroplasticity. Yes, that thing. Neuroplasticity is the feature of animal brains, especially your human brain, that allows you to learn anything. It is simply the strengthening and reinforcement of the physical connections between brain cells as a result of repeated use. First described in the 1940s as neurons and brain cells that fire together, wire together. And I'm just tickled by the way that Dr. Dan Siegel describes it. He says, where attention goes, neural firing flows and neural connections grow. Imagine that you're at the beach and you make a mountain of sand and like what might be your first step in constructing a sandcastle. If you take a small cup of water and slowly pour it on the peak of the sand mountain, you may see the water flow down multiple potential pathways, maybe four or five little rivers on Mount Sand. If you take a second cup of water and repeat the pour, you'll see most, maybe not all, but most of the newly poured water flowing through the same original channels dug out of the side of the mountain by the initial water. Each subsequent water pour will cause some new canals, but the majority will flow much more easily through the already established riverbeds, with each little stream down the sand mountain making it more likely the next pour will follow the same path. The water follows the path of least resistance. The preformed streams are easier to follow than forming an entirely new pathway down the side of the hill. So too with your thoughts. Every time you do something, Say something, feel something, think something. 
the connections between the networks of your brand cells grow a little stronger, lowering the initiation fee a little more, making it easier to do that same thing, say that same thing, feel that same thing, and think that same thing the next time. That is practice. And this system of learning is content-naive. Your brain does not care whether what you are rehearsing is troubling or enlightening. The brain just wants to think. And the more it thinks the same thing, the easier it thinks that same thing. So when your brain has some experience in the mind-racing realm, well, it's now got an easy-to-follow shortcut to more mind-racing. Mind-racing begets mind-racing begets mind-racing and so on. So what can I do about my mind-racing? Well, I'll discuss this in more detail next week, but the short answer is the same way you found yourself in this situation in the first place. Your mind is such an incredible learning machine, and it is primed and waiting to learn new things. So, feeding your mind new programming that is not mind-racing is how you beat the mind-racing. Meaning, you've got every opportunity now to practice thoughts that serve you better. The more you intentionally think other more helpful thoughts, which often requires some formal structure or guided script, the increasingly easier it becomes to have those helpful thoughts as the default thoughts. So the same manner of repetition that has created a seemingly never-ending stream of negative automatic thinking can also create, by your intentional will, a stream of automatic pleasant or helpful or positive thoughts. This is phenomenal news. You get to be in control of your own mind. Just like every other human endeavor, it just takes practice. So to summarize, I've tried to lay out for you the, the wider context here. You do not ask to suffer in this way. You do not intend to have uncontrollable automatic thoughts. You do not ask for this ancient brain in a modern world. Your brain is just trying to do its best to protect you, to seek out potential threats, large and small, even if many of these turn out not to be real. And the more that these thoughts are rehearsed, intentionally or unintentionally, the more easily they become more automatic. But that tricky brain of yours is not self-destructive. It's just doing its job of thinking, which means if you provided something more positive, more helpful, or frankly, even just more neutral to think about, those kinds of thoughts can be automated as well, which is a much more pleasant way to live, a much easier path to well-being, and interferes much less with your ability to fall asleep and wake feeling well-rested. So be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Leave us a review or a comment or a question or something you'd like to hear more about. And head on over to wellrestedmd.com for more information. Thanks for listening.